Welcome to the Painting Experience Podcast for September 2015. On the podcast, founder Stuart Cubley explores the potential of the emerging field of process arts and shares inspiration from his ongoing workshops and retreats. This month, Stuart takes a humorous look at why painting for process is important, even when you're not sure what the point is. It's often hard to justify the time and the effort that we put into process painting. Because here you are painting these paintings which really are not going to be used commercially. The point is not to sell them. They're not going to be showing up in galleries. They're not going to be making money. They're not even going to make you a name. People aren't going to see them mostly. On top of that, they're not even necessarily very pretty. I mean, sometimes, but a lot of the time, the conventional mind doesn't find the painting really attractive or pretty or or even pleasing to hang in your room or on your wall. Even meaning isn't something that can serve us. There's often not even a story in the painting. Things appear and images show up and one thing leads to another and it's a pretty long stretch to try to string all this together with some coherent storyline. And I guess sometimes we like to say, well, it's therapeutic. At least it's therapeutic. But this too is a little bit of a stretch. There are times when you cannot find any kind of insight or problem that's been solved or issue that you've been working on that's been defined by the painting or that you can actually say you're working on. You're having feelings. The feelings guide you in the painting, but you often can't name them. You can't even say that you're dealing with this feeling or that feeling. So it's hard to explain to yourself and to justify this bizarre activity of process painting. I think it's a very big confrontation at times that this really rears its head. And usually after a certain period of time in which somebody has found the connection in themselves with process painting, they're doing it, they're practicing it, and it's serving them in some fashion. And then all of a sudden, this dragon raises its head, this beast of justification. What's the point? There's no product here. I hit this very poignantly in my own development. I was in my 30s, and we had been hosting the painting experience and process painting for a number of years, and I was painting regularly, And I was also practicing sand play. And sand play is a type of therapy that was developed that uses figurines and objects and real-world items, and they're placed in the sandbox. There's a sandbox. And we used to have four of these in a room that was developed for this purpose. And we had shelves and shelves and shelves of these figures and and there were dolls, and there was babies, and there were spiders, and there was red yarn that represented blood, and we had lightning and rain, and I can't remember everything you could imagine. We actually had to make some of the things that were not so uh, 
so readily available. And we had these four sand trays in the room, and we didn't use it therapeutically. We used it from a process point of view. So very often when someone was stuck or at a dead end in their painting experience, we would bring them up and have them do what we called a sand play. And it was often really powerful in unlocking the creative flow again, because for one, the images and objects were already created. You didn't need to paint them. So they were right there and you could just pick them up and put them in the uh, in the sand. And then you could act really without thinking. You would just see what you're attracted to and put it there and then something else and put it there. And, and this whole journey would unfold. And we would not impose on it that there had to be any kind of explanation, of course, or any kind of interpretation of what appeared in the sand. And it was really important to finish it and to go to the end of it. And usually at the end, there was some sort of flow. The stream was opened again, and it was possible to return to the painting and to continue. So I would often get up in the morning and do this the first thing. It was kind of a special time because my thinking mind had not really awakened yet and kind of openness. And I would go down to the uh, sand playroom and Actually, it was on the second floor of this house in San Francisco. The first floor had the studio. And it's next to this window looking out over the street. It's early in the morning, and I'm still in my pajamas because I had just gotten out of bed and, and came into the sand play room. And I'm starting to build my sand play, and I pick up this sort of doll. It's kind of like a, a cupid doll or I don't know what, but it was a female figure. And I'm standing there, and I see a movement outside the window. And I look out, and here are these two young men, my age, in their 30s, dressed in their finest with their suits and ties on, heading for what I imagine to be the financial district of San Francisco or some high-paying job that they are pursuing and making their way in the world. And they look at me through the window, and here I am in my pajamas, standing with this doll in my hand, playing in the sand. I just wilted. I just got hit with incredible perspective of the friction of these two worlds coming together. It was like, what am I doing? Who have I become? Playing with dolls? when I should be out in the world making my way and developing a career and becoming important in some fashion or at least creating a niche for myself. And here I am playing with dolls. This took me a number of weeks to integrate. I had to really come back to the root. And of course, I was supported by the early decision I had made to actually leave more conventional activities and to not pursue my studies because I was called by something that didn't quite fit and was not really so recognized and really not so explainable. But at that moment, it was a very challenging time for me to justify what I was doing because we live in a culture in which if there's no product, there's no point. It's drilled into us over and over again from so many different angles and directions that 
that we have to have an intention behind what we're doing. We have to know where we're going. We have to know what our goal is. We have to know what it means to be doing what we're doing. And if you don't do that, you're lost. You're a loser. And I certainly felt a loser at that moment. I felt like a big loser. And on top of that, I didn't even have a lineage to rely on. If I was meditating, at least I could rely and fall back upon the centuries of people who have been sitting in meditation and the wise words of the masters and the encouragement of the community. But here, in process painting and playing in the sand, there's no lineage. There's not much of a lineage. It's pretty uh, out there, and it's not really recognized. And this was an incredibly poignant moment for me. I think it was at this time that I came to realize that this practice was something that was not going to be easily sanctioned by society at large, and that it was forever going to have an outsider status. It was never going to fit. And I think this was the struggle that I was feeling at that time, was that I was trying to make it fit. And there was something incredibly releasing about realizing, wait a minute, it's not going to fit. It's never going to fit. It shouldn't fit. It's not even meant to fit. That this practice of process arts is a probing of the essential freedom in human nature that is not usurped by definition and structure and interpretation and intention or motivation. It's something incredibly wild. So when I see people come up against this crisis, which often occurs after a certain period of time in which they've given over to this creative force in themselves and felt the nurturing aspect of it and felt how fulfilling it is, and then get slammed by this question of, what am I doing? How do I justify spending my time accomplishing nothing? I see this as a very fruitful confrontation because basically it can't be justified. It stands on its own for what it is. It represents the mystery within the human psyche. And so the real question is, are you interested in rubbing shoulders with the mystery? I hope you are. You can learn more about the painting experience and find a list of upcoming process painting workshops by visiting our website at www.processarts.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. The theme music for this podcast comes from Stefan Jacob. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join us again soon.